Homebrew Magic Podcast. This is only the second time we're trying this this week. Uh, my name is Nelson, and with me, yeah, with me again is Schnell. Hello. Uh, we tried this last night, and something happened. So for those that don't know, we record virtually. We're all in different parts of the state right now. So we get into basically a chat room that is a, a podcast recording studio, and it did not want to cooperate last night. So... We're trying this again. Still no Teej. He will be around, uh, I would assume, this weekend. He fucked up his computer because he got a new headset and mic and thought he was he thought he was everything. doing the team a favor, but really broke everything. <laughs> so now he's on delay. Tonight he he deleted System 32 to make it run faster, <laughs> and it just did not work. And now Windows doesn't work at all. <laughs> uh, As Vista, <laughs> Windows Millennium Edition. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tonight, we're going to talk some reaction to the War of the Spark trailer that was released at PAX over the last weekend, kind of talk about the panel a little bit, and just do a broad overview of of what's been spoiled so far, maybe kind of talk about the whole, you know, we finally had the Planeswalker reveal now. You know, we're not going to get too in-depth into that. There's actually a couple other things we're going to talk about, too. There's a cool new tournament for you can win all 36 of the new planeswalkers foiled out as part of a it's kind of like the ncaa tournament but it's a it's a planeswalkers tournament so we'll get into that and there's also a new format that has been making the rounds on social media channels called Oathbreaker that we read about today and thought it would be kind of cool to uh to talk about that too so we got a lot of varied topics to cover but before we do let's get into what you've been doing in the game lately so chanel what what was your last week in magic like uh, I'll work backwards. Most recently, uh, I drafted Allegiance in paper, real life, deal with it, <laughs> and ended up coming in second out of an eight-man draft. I went with Rakdos, which almost the entire, well, not the entire table, that's hyperbole. Three of us of the eight went with Rakdos because we all kind of individually went, well, everyone's going to be drafting Orzov, so I need something that's as good but not going to be but won't be quite as drained as the Orzov colors and we all collectively without talking went with Rakdos instead so it was still <laughs> it was still pretty picked through thankfully i got some good grabs early because halfway through pack 3 there was like nothing red or black coming around anymore i was just hate drafting uh some some green stuff i didn't want to face off against and i don't know i ended up with a foil junk troller so that was kind of weird but okay yeah whatever yeah, uh, Judith Judith led me to near victory. Uh, I came in second to a Simic player who I drew with in round two because, God, he's such a slow player. Like, he doesn't want to make any mistakes, and he gets too involved and in his own head, and we just ended up going to time because he could not make a decision at all during game two. So, But anyway, can't, can't fault players for trying to be better. He wasn't... Was- was Judith your number one pick? Was she your pack uh, one she pick was, one? She was pack one pick one, which was a huge okay. influence on my, well, Absolutely. I'm not going to go uh, Orzov this time. And going into it, I didn't want to do Orzov because I thought that Orzov would be picked through because Allegiant drafts tend, tend to, to skew, skew that, way. that way. Yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly. Off of Paper Magic, I've been trying to play some more Arena. I'm going to work up the uh, motivation to start doing a little bit more ranked play, but for right now, I just love dicking around and getting my daily accomplishments. So, doing some random stuff, The I, I stopped playing my main Mono Red deck, because I've told people, Mono Red pays the bills in Arena. I don't want to play it, but I need, I need that sweet, sweet coin. I've got most of the Challenger deck, the white version, uh, done. I was missing the Legion's Landing, so I just swapped out some stuff and lowered the mana cost, or m- lowered the uh, land land base like I suggested we do uh, in the previous episode, I think. And it was running phenomenally. I think of the first 15 games I played with that, I won 13 of them. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one, like the first game I lost, I went real wide, had a bunch of 1-1s and 1-2s and 2-1s out, and I was getting ready to play the uh the two drop spell with ascend that everything gets plus one plus one but it gets plus two plus two if you have the city's blessing and before i could do it he hit me with uh, my opponent hit me with a uh, cry of the carnarium and just board wipe me yeah. and he gave me the good game and i'm just like uh, no it's not over i can draw <laughs> there's more. i can't i can't draw anything okay <laughs> fine he was right 
It was such an emotional blow because I went like 7-0 and and then it, I got hit by that board wipe. <laughs> then reality hit. Yeah. Well, and part of me was a little happy because that was one of the cards that I called out when we were doing um, our full spoiler review and the cards we were looking forward to. Yep. Cry the Carinarium, I remember absolutely loving right out of the gate. So it, I don't mind losing to it because... Well, and it's just <laughs> been blown. I mean, anything anything that plays black, whether it's, you know, mono black, Rakdos... Orzhov, whatever, even Esper control decks, I've seen it in. You know, it's just a fantastic board wipe for playing against like a mono white or a mono red or merfolk or you know whatever that's going to yeah. give you low CMC. Yeah, the creatures. decks, the decks that go wide early and then win by just pumping up everything after like turn you. three or turn four. Yeah, if you can hit them and just exile all their crap ahead of time, they they empty their hand way too early to be able to recover from it. So. As far as that, that mono white deck, as far as board wipes in there, <clears throat> settle the wreckage is in it, right? Um, I believe my version of it runs. I think I've got one copy of settle the wreckage in there. Is there it's cleansing not a Nova? very? Uh, I don't. I don't think I run a cleansing Nova. Okay, I didn't think it was in there. My my version isn't very reactive. Sure. The most I do, I I main board two copies of Demystify, the one drop instant to destroy target oh, yeah. enchantment. Okay. Because a lot of the removal and a lot of the good like de- uh, deck archetypes use at least one pivotable, pivotable, uh, pivotable, <laughs> able to be pivoted, pivotal enchantment, whether it's mono red running um, uh, experimental, experimental frenzy. frenzy or all the white enchantments that, you know, lock away or arrest or whatever your yeah. opponent's stuff. Having the ability to just go, okay, well, you cast your uh, Wilderness Reclamation. I'm just going to quick pop it before the trigger goes on the stack. That was exactly the card I was just thinking of that's yeah. very handy, mm-hmm. especially in um, I've had know, the control decks. That, I that had at least it. one player just immediately quit after that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, one white open, you know, nobody expects you to just stop their combo if you're not running main control. You're right. just trying to outpace them with creatures, and then you're like, okay, I'm about to set up to win. Oh God, it's gone now, and I tapped out <laughs> to play it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that was my arena play. Beyond that, played a little bit of standard. I've got two standard decks right now in paper: my version of the mono red deck and my my mono green five color. And my mono green five color has been doing better and better lately. I even played it against <laughs> a friggin' Esper control deck, and I managed to just like keep outpacing him as far as. Uh, creature value on board and then carnage tyrant showed up at the end and just went okay <laughs> oh my god i had one game with it <laughs> sorry i was doing absolutely nothing my opponent just kept like dropping creatures because it was a mono red thing dropping creatures lo- like bolting all my stuff i finally got my hadana's climb out turn three carnage tyrant out i ramped into like turn five and had some, uh and then turn six uh, I held off, explored. Oh, I did double um, the ex- uh, exploration card for one green. And then with the Hadana's climb trigger, it was the third plus one plus one counter. So I managed to put all three plus one plus one counters on it at once, flipped Hadana's climb, activated it, and swung for 20 in the air and killed him in a single shot. Yeah, Hadana's climb is the MVP of that mono green five color deck. <laughs> I have a few copies of that, but I've never actually run it in anything. Oh, it's and so I've always good. Thought about it. Like, like, that'd be a fun card to play with. Well, and I do uh, like Chamber Sentry in that deck as well, which I'm not always going to get. I'm not always going to have the mana open to like shoot stuff, but it gives me the option to. Sure. Um, I have at least one of each gate available so that if I need to start bringing it back from the discard pile late game, I can in that like grindy control matchup. But being able to drop that thing like turn two with two counters on it and then turn three Hadana's Climb and flip it and then turn four just start swinging in the air with a, uh, you know, six, six flyer. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Awesome, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's my week and a half in Magic. Nice. Uh, I've mostly been on Arena. I'm getting excited because pre-release weekend for War of the Sparks coming up, so that means uh, Paper woot, Magic woot. at your store. So I'm super excited <laughs> for that. So yeah, basically in Arena, what I what I need to focus on going forward is drafting because with the with War of the Spark coming up, I need to focus on 
practicing some more limited deck building, it was a lot easier when I was skewed towards a specific guild, you know, with this last set, Allegiance, that came out. So it's going to be a little bit of a different ball game this time. And it's been nice. They've had some, uh, like, core set drafts and stuff. So I definitely need to to get my hands, or not get my hands on those, but get myself into <laughs> those drafts and get my hands on some cards uh, to kind of work on drafting practice. But so I was playing over the week, and I ran into another Dimir deck where I just got beat up badly by thief of sanity and i was like you know what if there's still one guy out there running dimir deck then i'm gonna do it too because i never built one and i wanted to be like that guy and make other people (laughs) irritated so i've just been on like this this jank streak where i'm just throwing stuff together and i built this really janky dimir deck that actually ended up going off a few times uh far more efficiently than i had anticipated and i'll i'll get into why uh so this deck i run two dazzling lights two drowned secrets two enhanced surveillance two night veil sprite one search for Escanta, two dimir spy bug four thought erasure two tempest gin uh three disinformation campaign two notion rain three thief of sanity three ravenous chupacabra three etrata the silencers three hostage takers two night veil predators and then for the mana base, I've got 11 Island, 10 Swamp, 2 Drowned Catacomb, and 1 Watery Grave. So basically, I set up this really awesome combo without even thinking about it. I mean, I had ideas of like, boy, it would be cool if I could get this thing to work. So for uh, for instance, it's is it uh, it's Drowned Secrets, right? That's the one where I cast a blue spell, mill 2. Uh, yeah, anytime you cast a blue spell, target opponent mills two cards. Yep. Or so I've got that in the there. Puts the top two cards and... of their library into their graveyard. For those yeah, that don't that's the technical mill. term. <laughs> uh, or the technical definition, I should say. Uh, so the only thing that's in this deck that's a spell that's not blue is the Chupacabra. Everything else has blue in it. So ev- if I can get that thing out early, I can really do some damage with it. And you add to that, uh, you know, Thought Erasure, if you can get that out, you know, it's it's interesting because in the the hand the, the the starting hand formula in arena, you know, it's like there's always at least two lands, and it seems to me that every time there's somebody who's playing with thought erasures, there's always at least one in their hand if you've got four in your deck. So, and it's it's rang true for me as well. It's kind of weird, uh, but you know, you get those early against cards. You know, if you only have spot removal in this deck, so things that have hexproof, uh, you know, your Carnage Tyrant, uh, get rid of that. Get rid of uh, maybe a Shalai or something. Or if you're in a, you know, in a race with Mono Red, you can get rid of Steamkin. Just anything that you would pick out with that. But I, I ended up getting Disinformation Campaign and Thief of Sanity out early with Drowned Secrets multiple times. And now not only is Thief of Sanity allowing me to steal one of your cards and bin two of them, you know, disinformation campaign, I get to draw, you have to discard. And then anytime I surveil, I'm putting it back in my hand and I can keep doing this. And I've got three of them in the deck, but it ended up being drowned secrets is really, if if you can get one of those early in the game, you can really, really mess up people's stuff. I ended up playing, it was, no, it wasn't, it was a Jess guy control deck. And I ended up getting rid of, I mean, I binned like three of their four Teferis and the guy just oh, quit because nice. <laughs> he had no way of getting them back. And, you know, those decks have no win cons without those Planeswalkers. So yep. it, it worked out really well. And then I made one other deck. I, I've seen a lot more Boros lately, uh, soldiers, humans, hybrids, whatever. Uh, and I decided, well, hey, I'm going to make another Boros deck. And I wanted to build it around Path of Metal this time. It's the legendary enchantment from Rivals of Ixalan. When it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each creature that does not have first strike, double strike, vigilance, or haste. And then whenever you attack with at least two creatures that have first strike, double strike, vigilance, and or haste, transform Path of Metal. Uh, Then it flips into Metal Tower of Triumph. And so this is a legendary land that taps for mana, one mana of any color. Or you can pay one in a red and tap it to have it deal two damage to each opponent. Or you can tap two and a white and tap it to have uh, choose a creature at random that attack this turn destroy that creature so if somebody's only got one creature they're attacking you with obviously you know you can get it it's kind of a crapshoot otherwise but it's it's a lot of fun and it's actually it was really cool to to kind of build around so obviously i'm looking for creatures that are low cmc with some some serious keyword abilities on them so i've got two fanatical firebrand one tin street dodger or Two Torch Courier, two Bounty Agent, four Knight of Grace, two Triumph of Gerard, four Lightning Strike, 
one justice strike, uh, two path of metal, one response resurgence, two Danica Capuchin Paragon, three history of Benalia, two Skylight Legionnaire, one Tajik Legion's Edge, one Baird Steward of Argive, one Quende Pride of Faramef, and then I also have two Sarah Angel, one Rekindling Phoenix, and one Zatulpa. Okay. Two and two Banefire, and then I've got. Uh, 11 planes, eight mountains, a clifftop retreat, two sacred foundries, and two stone quarries. Obviously, I ran out of wild cards when I was building <laughs> the Deadly Discovery deck uh, a couple weeks back. Obviously. So there's definitely some improvements I have to and want to make to that deck, both to the mana base and I need more justice strikes in it. But it's been actually it's been fun and it it can hold its own. I'd say it's probably got maybe like a right around a 48 to 52 percent you know, win rate, depending on what it is I'm seeing. So it can win, but you know, it's not going to go out there and beat everything either. It's just, it's a ton of fun to play. And like I said, I've just kind of been on this, this jank streak that I'm going to need to take <laughs> a step back from because now I need to hone my drafting skills. <laughs> well, and, and on uh, two, two quick points here. The first, do you track uh, like what you're actually playing against? Like, do you have a notebook and you're like, okay, today I saw eight more mono red decks and then 16 more esper controls and a esper or dovid acuity deck no i don't but i should because as i'm playing like so if i sit down to play arena obviously i'm gonna play you know as many games as i can get in in the time i'm allotted so i'm i'm keeping track of it kind of in the moment what i'm seeing what i'm playing how the deck's performing but i really should write it down and keep better track of actually it? actually quantifying it versus ah, i felt like it was good against this one right because i tried when we when we did the uh challenger deck uh construction and play testing the other week i i started doing that with the red deck and i was like okay game one versus and my notes are just stupid i should have kept them because i was writing on scratch paper but i was trying to take notes as i was playing and arena is just so like snap 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 super fast so i didn't want to waste any time sure so my notes like okay i'm playing against blue okay he played a black land now or he played a swamp so it's a blue black deck and like i just kept making notes and one of them was like okay uh bricked on three lands still one okay uh <laughs> next game uh tribal warriors question mark no he just played a land and chose warriors as a creature type because that's what he had in his hand and like just dumb notes as i was going in like after three games i'm like these are all useless yeah i found that really difficult to do too because for that for that specific you know the purpose of that episode and what we were what we were doing i wanted to have something I could reflect on. And obviously in that episode, if you listen to it, I did. And I need to be more thorough in doing that for just my own stuff so that I can adjust and even practice sideboarding better. But, you know, like you said, it's so it's so harried and fast paced when you're actually playing arena. Everything's on timers. You don't want to be that guy that's making everybody wait. Yeah, you, know. you take two seconds to jot down a note and your opponent <laughs> your slam the your go, your go, your go. <laughs> right, exactly. Thinking. So I need to be, definitely need to be better about it <laughs> yeah. because I do, you know, it's you you play to be a better player. So any anything you can do to help yourself with that wow. is obviously uh, a good thing. And the other note, you are are you familiar with the bread acronym? Because I often push that on newer drafters at the store. Yeah, that's what uh, bombs removal evasion and then aggro something. aggro aggro is your last ditch, and then that's just it. Duds. duds take take the yeah. rest. And as as like stupid as that sounds even even i have started benefiting from that and like i've had new guys who have like they've drafted once or twice and they're like okay well we'll sit down and i wrote bread on uh one of the game rooms at the store has a window in it and i just used a sharpie and wrote on the window bread and explained everything and we had guys going oh yeah i drafted a much better deck or i did much better today looking at that window than i did you know two weeks ago when i played and the other thing I've started noticing, I tend to focus on spells a lot, and you really need a creature base in draft. Like, sealed sealed is more dumb creature heavy than traditional constructed should be in most situations. And, like, the reason, like, Orzov has been doing so well in Allegiance drafts, at least in paper, is just the sheer value of their creatures. All the sorceries or all the other like stuff that I see people running tend to be just board wipe effects and then getting back, you know, value on their afterlife triggers. Sure. So, yeah, no. And that's that's something I mean, you know, every time I know I'm going to go somewhere and draft, you know, I'll read up on it like, oh, I got to brush up on on bread or even just like, hey, how are other people drafting this particular set? You know, and then I just never 
follow up on it after the fact. So yeah. it's definitely something that I need to, you know, kind of put in the foreground of, of my thoughts far more often than I do. And like you said, Brett is a great way to go for people who are, you know, newer to the format or even just trying to, to get better. It just helps to have that in your mind. Like, okay, here's kind of the hierarchy of things that, that you want to target as you go through mm-hmm. what's well, passed to you. And if you if you can take removal, especially in a format where everyone's relying on, okay, well, I have one copy of this, and they build around, like, I got a Judith, and if my Judith would have been, you know, killed immediately, that would have been devastating to my uh, entire archetype, so... Right. Well, and the other thing is every time you pull a card, you're taking it away from somebody else. Yep. So if you're getting removal spells, that means your opponents aren't, which is also benefiting you, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're getting, you're getting help from, you know, well, both sides and, of the coin or whatever, if you will. And at my store, that's the, uh, that's the silent H in bread, hate draft. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> We're like, where do, where do we fit that in? I'm like, eh, bombs, hate draft. <laughs> removal somebody's like ah no it's h and then bread yeah, it's that silent like, h. put it wherever you want well and one of the guys like the guy i lost to uh round two showed me his cards he wasn't playing he had a judith in his sideboard even though he was running simic he's just like yeah i didn't want anyone else anyone else to have that i'm like damn it smart, i wanted that <laughs> smart move on his part yeah so yeah let's uh, uh moving on you know i had mentioned earlier Hey, if you are familiar at all, whether you watch it or you just know what the hell it is, the NCAA tournament, actually the championship game is tonight, Virginia and Texas Tech. For those of you that listen to this after the fact and don't care, just a couple hours before we started recording, Wizards released the fact that, hey, they're running this new contest. And instead of a a basketball tournament, you know, bracket setup, this is for all 36 Planeswalkers that are going to be in this set. I haven't reviewed the bracket yet so i'm assuming that i i, I guess i i don't know if tezzeret's going to be on the bracket and the that was my immediate is, question yeah is in it or not uh i can take a look here quick uh they don't have it on here uh, but i know there's a picture online so i don't really know if if tezzeret counts in that or not but obviously you'll see you know if this is a contest you want to get into so it's called the Magic the Gathering Planeswalker Tournament, and uh, directly from Wizards, it's written, so you like walking the planes? Do you consider yourself a planes walker? Yeah, boy, <laughs> wow, this is some great writing here. <laughs> uh, as you may know, War of the Spark has 36 planeswalkers in the set. That's a lot of planeswalkers. And you know what one does when there are that many planeswalkers? Well, you vote for your favorite in a head-to-head competition. Duh. What else would one do? We are proud to announce the Planeswalker Tournament. We have crafted the perfect bracket of 36 Planeswalkers, and we want you to vote on them. But before you vote, be sure to download the bracket and fill it out, because those who somehow get a perfect bracket will receive a foil set of all 36 Planeswalkers in War of the Spark. Win, and you'll slide into your next FNM as the coolest person there. Sunglasses indoors and all. The guy tried way too hard when he was writing this. Or girl. (laughs) Whoever wrote this tried way too hard. Uh, Okay, so from tonight until... Regardless of gender. Exactly. It sucks. Uh, From now until Friday, (laughs) April 12th, you can fill out your bracket and submit it to magiccommunityteam at wizards.com. Be sure to have both a DCI account in good standing as well as an organized play account. One bracket per person. All the legal stuff is located below, so be sure to read it. I'm not going to read that, but I'll post this link also in the show notes so people can reference it. And starting on Monday, April 15th, voting will commence via Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Voting rounds will last 24 hours, except for the final round, and all channel results will be combined to determine who advances. After each round, we will post the updated bracket reflecting which Planeswalkers advanced. The voting will be broken down in phases, as seen below. So again, brackets are, uh, submissions are due Friday, April 12th. The play-in round, so if you're not familiar with the tournament, there are four play-in games, and yes, we have four play-in Planeswalker uh, rounds here. They'll start on the 15th. Second round part one starts for, uh, on the 16th. Second round part two starts on the 17th. The third round, the 18th. The fourth round, the 19th. The fifth round, the 22nd. The final round will go from the 23rd to the 24th with the final bracket announcement coming on the 26th. And again, those who submit a perfect bracket will win a set of 36 foil planeswalkers from War of the Spark. Who do you think is going to win? Make sure to pay attention to our social channels and vote, and good luck to all of you. And then, obviously, there's a link to the legal <laughs> rules, their Instagram. in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I thought that's a really cool way for them to kind of jump on the, you know, 
zeitgeist is probably the wrong word, but you know, just the it's, the it's big the big part of the year here. You know, kind of the zeitgeist of this time of year. You well, know, don't overuse it. In yeah, you're right. I use it again <laughs> uh, in the country. So, and it makes sense. It's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's gambling without having to pay for it. You don't lose anything, but you do have the opportunity to win a whole set of all the planeswalkers foiled up from this set. So. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to do it. Schnell, you had the idea before of the three of us kind of not necessarily doing a pool, but, you know, no, getting no, no, our brackets no. and sharing them with each other. Competing against each other to see who is the most accurate, smart, nerd-wise. Yes. Who is the most smart one. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, de- we'll keep you guys. If it's too boring, we won't do it. You know, well, actually, we can't because it's going to be daily. So we will let you guys know after it wraps up uh, which one of the three of us actually is the smartest magic guy in the group. Calling it now <laughs> to Bolt wins because you guys are voting and it's goddamn no, memes. What's going to happen is stupid fucking Fibblethip is going to get in somehow. <laughs> he's going to win. <laughs> Not even a planeswalker just shows up at the end. And everyone goes, that guy. We want that guy. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, I got my own legendary creature card. ha, ha, ha. Uh, anyway, I got a spark now. I just found it. <laughs> it was just laying here. <laughs> we'll get into more War of the Spark stuff shortly, but there's one other thing that we wanted to talk about before we we go into that, and that is Oathbreaker. And it's a new Commander Light format, I suppose. It's a new spin on Singleton. And I don't know about you, but I think it's really cool. Do you think it's really cool? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, from what I know of Oathbreaker, it is a 60-card singleton format where you choose a Planeswalker to be your commander. So everyone who is always going like, oh, I want the new Chase to be my commander, and the internet just immediately piles on and goes, hey, Planeswalkers can't be your commander, idiot, because they're not legendary creatures. Yeah, that's well, Tej every time specific- I get excited oh, about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll post, <laughs> oh, Bol- God, I'm going to build an EDH deck Check around Check out this. this new Bolas. I'm going to swap him out for my current Grixis deck. Uh, dude. <laughs> He's a planeswalker. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's you're, right. <laughs> you're supposed to know what all the words on the card mean, idiot. I, I read a card and I get excited, and then Teach yeah. brings me back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> He's real good at just, like, calling out people on the internet for forgetting basic rules of magic. Anytime something in my Instagram feed pops up and it's like, <laughs> you know, Teach commented on this, I get very, <laughs> I get very excited because I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's just him belittling somebody <laughs> on a Facebook group for misunderstanding the rules. <laughs> But so anyway, yeah, you're right. 60-card singleton format with a Planeswalker commander spot and a signature spell. Now, to my understanding, it's either a sorcery or an instant of your choice. Uh, I do can believe it so. Be, can, it be any, can it be an enchantment? Can it be a creature? Or is it just sorcery instant? Uh, looks looks like here it is an select an instant or sorcery card okay. as your signature spell. Yep, and that goes in your command zone as well, which is standard (laughs) commander tax. Every time you cast it, it's two additional generic mana for every time that it's gone back to the command zone. But you are not allowed to cast it until your your planeswalker is on the field, which is a really good restriction. Because otherwise, I would just go like, "Eh, Liliana and her signature spell, Dark Ritual. (laughs) (laughs) Because I immediately had that thought, and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll wait. <laughs> They've thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's I think it's a good opportunity to just do something different with EDH for a while. Because EDH is one of the biggest casual things. Like, everyone except for, well, okay, everyone I know, minus one person, if they play Magic, they have played EDH. They have a deck. They have a couple of decks. And eventually it just gets to the point where everyone knows what everyone else is playing. And unless you want to rip apart a deck and start building something else, it's okay. It kind of stagnates. I think new restrictions gives players the opportunity to be creative and try to outdo each other. EDH has gotten to the point where everyone's, you know, posting online, hey, I'm building Krenko. What are the auto includes, guys? <laughs> it's like, oh, great. You're going to build the same exact Krenko deck that 48 billion other people have already built. <laughs> You're going to be super great with it. That reminds me, Teej did want us to throw out a, hey, hive mind, uh, from him <laughs> yeah. to, to everyone. So courtesy yeah. of Teej, hey, hive mind. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Why, I don't know why that irks me so much. It's just no, like you're you're asking people to just give you the deck lists 
rather than, hey, why don't I try this? Why don't I put my creative spin on it? The worst thing that can happen is you accidentally come up with the same idea somebody else already had. Right. Well, you put it best today when I was venting about it earlier, and your response was, hey, Facebook, Google this for me. (laughs) There was a guy guy who shared a screenshot of um, Rona, Disciple of Gix, from EDHREC, and he, his, his... he shared with the screenshot, wow, how can I break this guy? Seriously? <laughs> are you serious? You're on EDH rec. What are you doing coming to Facebook and asking someone? You also, literally Rona, have Rona's hundreds of recommendations. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, he is a she. <laughs> yeah. But it's it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Wizards, obviously, their sanctioned, endorsed, whatever, official way of trying to, you know, give something to commander players that isn't exactly commander was brawl which never exactly took off and now it'll be interesting to see what happens with oathbreaker honestly i'm a little more excited for oathbreaker than i was to try brawl just because i think the whole uh signature spell is a really cool idea yeah and we should probably say i'm assuming most people especially those who are big edh players know this but um your signature spell and anything in your deck has to be within your uh, your Oathbreaker's color identity. Color identity, yes. So just like your commander in EDH, your Oathbreaker has a color identity, obviously. Anything <laughs> yeah. in the deck, including their signature spell, must be in that color identity as well. Oh, my God. Uh, I immediately just want to build an Oathbreaker deck when War of the Spark comes out with Feather the Redeemed. Oh, damn it. I can't. I'm doing, I'm doing the be, opposite. Gotta be a Planeswalker. <laughs> gotta be a Planeswalker. I am the Nelson of Oathbreakers. Damn it. <laughs> Feather the Redeemed and Solar Blaze with the signature spell would be so good. That would be insane. Absolutely ah, insane. Damn it. I was Nelson live on live on audio. <laughs> live on pre-recorded. Audio. Live on pre-recorded audio. Coming to you live from three days ago or possibly a year from now. I don't know how, <laughs> how podcasts work. I don't listen to them. <laughs> like what's gonna happen too is so pre-release is the last weekend of the month and then the weekend after that the first weekend in may is the actual official release of yep. war of the spark so you know after that anybody who's jumping on the Oathbreaker bandwagon here uh, all the posts we're going to see now are going to be hey guys running bolas as my Oathbreaker. <laughs> you know the new bolas as my Oathbreaker. how can i break him any auto ads <laughs> and then i'm going to jump through your phone and wring your neck um just just think for yourself. Magic is a beautiful game. It is. You should you should try to just, you know, think. Well, and I watched an interview with Richard Garfield from a while ago where he was talking about one of the inspirations for Magic was imagine playing chess, but you got to choose which game pieces you wanted to have on your side of the board. There were restrictions, obviously, but just that individual drive to create your team. Right. And the fact that everyone just like, okay, well, I'm going to play one of the four meta decks. It's You're not making your team. You're just choosing somebody else's game to play. Right, exactly. And, I mean, if you want to – I'm not saying there's anything wrong with net decking. When I've got an no. idea for a brew, I will look at other people's lists online, and I'll see you – know, I'll even compare four or five of them together to see, like, what spells other people are using commonly, you know, or in, in common to see if maybe that's something I didn't think about and I actually might want to put in here. But – I also, you know, I don't just go to a social media channel and just say, hey, do this for me, you know? Yeah. And if that's what you want to do, that's totally your prerogative. But I think Magic is a much more fun game when your individuality and creativity get to shine a little bit. Yeah. You know? And don't, yeah, I've I've net decked as well. I don't have the time to make everything. Right. But I'll I'll usually, like, I've my, my mono green five color in standard, that was... I want to just look at the cards I have and build something and play it. But my goal has always to, uh, always been to have at least two decks in each format that I play. So I'll, I'll always have two standard decks. If I don't have time to create a second one, I'll just go, okay, what do I like to play? Find some of the cards and then figure out a, you know, look up a deck list to go with them. But then, yeah, I've got two standard I've got well, probably like half a dozen modern decks and then a billion EDH decks and two legacy decks. So my rule of two is apparently for legacy and standard. Well, hey, it works out. And, you know, there are some things, you know, 
as I'm thinking about it, when I'm when you're talking about certain builds that you know you can net deck or go and see, you know, Esper control decks, they are they're all very 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 similar. But I guess one deck that's in the current meta that's actually far more varied than what I've seen in other decks is the Gates deck, which is really cool oh, because yeah. you can make that thing do a million different things. So, mm-hmm. for instance, when I when I built my first Gates deck, the only you know, removal or, or damage to creatures that I had was I was running Gates of Blaze and that was it. Excuse me. And then one time I was playing a guy who who used Deafening Clarion and I was like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Why don't I have Deafening Clarion in here? You know? <laughs> so there's all different ways. There was a guy who had, I've, I've still only seen it once and I talked about it last week when we were recording Banefire in a Gates deck. I had never seen it before. I never even considered it. And I was at like, 13 life or something like that and some dude had ramped up so many gates he bane fired me <laughs> to the face for 13 and i all i could do was slow clap like well well played sir yeah. you know what i mean why isn't why isn't that a little emoticon thing on arena just, <laughs> right, just ah. god damn sir i yield to your <laughs> yield glory to you. <laughs> you sir win so you know it, it allows for a lot of different and I, I think that deck in particular lends itself to far more flexibility and creativity than say you know the Esper control deck that apparently everybody runs all the time on Arena. Yeah. Well, the Mythic Invitational, like everyone who made top like 16, it was Esper control and maybe something else. Or the one guy who was like Esper control and then another slightly different Esper control deck. (laughs) Yep. It was like either they had some slight variance or they were playing mono white or mono red. You know, there was some, I I know I saw some gruel and some other stuff in there, but for the most part, and I mean, in a game where the environment is as limited as it is in arena, um, you know, obviously strictly standard stuff, then that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of the meta stuff at a championship event. Like I, I get it. I understand it, but boy, is it really boring to watch two Esper control decks go at it for 45 minutes, you know? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, Oathbreaker sounds really cool. And I am <laughs> we looking got, forward. We got, we got on a hell of a tangent there. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. we did. We went, we went far, but we're coming back. Uh, one, one of my goals, like I told you is to pick a planeswalker and, and a signature spell and build one of these so that at pre-release weekend, we can get some, some people. I know you said there was already, uh, some pretty significant interest at your store. So it'll yeah. be fun to get a bunch of people together and play different games and see how different people, uh, build these different decks. So it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have to, we'll have to do another discussion on it once we've actually had a chance to build and play the format. But, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Pre- preview wise, uh, it looks awesome. I can't wait to give it a shot. <laughs> but the other reason that we decided to, or the other topic we decided on tonight was to kind of talk a little bit about War of the Spark, what we've seen so far and what we think and maybe where where we hope it goes, where we want it to go or where we think it's going to go uh, before final spoilers are released and pre-release weekend is finally upon us. Uh, let's start out first though. So, you know, the, the, the big reveal started at PAX last weekend and... It all started out with that trailer that everybody oh, should have seen by yeah. now if you're a Magic player. If you haven't, <laughs> look it up because it's two and a half minutes of just awesome. Um, Even if you're not a Magic player, it is it it w- makes you want to watch this movie that doesn't exist. Oh, exactly. Like I was, like I was telling you in last night's Lost episode, uh, <laughs> my my wife, who no matter how hard I try to get her to play, has not learned the game yet was sitting on the couch with me and watching this trailer because she knew how badly I wanted to see it and how long I was waiting for it. And when it was over, she literally said something to the effect of, I have no idea what I just watched, but it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, and she knows nothing about the story or what's going on, but it even sucked her in and she was very impressed by it and intrigued by it. And you should be too, because it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> Hop on the bandwagon. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, and interestingly enough, you know, now you, I believe it was you that I was talking to. You said that the Wizards has come out and said trailer is not canon, right? It's just kind of yeah. like a. Yeah. They, they even said that, like, I thought at the PAX East, on, like, talking after it, that okay. the on trailer the panel, is yeah. not necessarily the storyline or how things are going to go. It is to build hype, and goddamn, does it build hype? Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's and it's interesting that they came out and said that because right in the very beginning of the trailer, uh, the first death we see during that rewind is Dak Faden. Uh, you know, he's so does Dak die? Does Dak not die? You know, who knows? Does a mother and <laughs> does child anyone die? Care? Do they not die? <laughs> 
Uh, wasn't it you? Can who you said go down the list for? Uh, uh, I was gonna say, can you just go down the list of all the planeswalkers and go? Do they die? Do, <laughs> do they, they not, not die? die? Yeah, right. Exactly. With Jace, does he die? Does he not die? With <laughs> Kaya, does she die? Does she... <laughs> and in twenty minutes, when you're done, well, and that's that's all for this week. <laughs> I can clean that. I can clean that up and post. That's it. <laughs> I just had a point to make very boringly. But yeah, no, weren't you saying too, someone at your, someone at your store said, oh my God, you know what's going to happen? That mom and that kid, their spark's going to ignite. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the people crushed by the rocks, their spark's yeah. going to ignite. Yeah, they're not. They're not no. Planeswalkers. No. They're dead. No, yeah, they're dead. They're definitely <laughs> dead. Nope. It was interesting though, too, how, you know, the first the, the first teaser trailer that we were given, the, the Lantern trailer, if you will, when it finally got to the pain of the lantern with the gate watch on it, you know, everybody was... Lanterns? It was a tower with stained glass. I thought it was a lan... Well, I was calling it a lantern because when you went inside the last window, there, you know, it was it was what was lighting up all the stained glass. But yeah, the it was chandelier? like... The chandelier? Yeah, the chandelier with all the candles. It was basically like the uh, Ganon's Tower from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> uh, is, is really what it reminded Nerd. me of. <laughs> yeah, I know. But... You know, you, you finally get to the to the side with the gate watch on it, and you see their windows. And as you're zooming in on Gideon, you know everybody's like, "Holy shit, Gideon's gonna die!" Because there's a huge hole in his chest. And we go through it in the trailer to see the flame snuffed out. And you know, in the trailer, sure sure as hell, uh, Gideon is being amassed or swarmed on by the you know <laughs> the Eternals. And nice nice keyword drop. You like that? <laughs> we'll get to that soon. Um, you know, he's getting he's getting swarmed by, by Eternals. And then, you know, as Liliana has whatever epiphany she has, where she pulls them off of what the, <laughs> off of maybe, a maybe, has get, them go maybe letting moms the and their kids getting killed. Isn't cool. Huge epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> right. What was I thinking? Am I a bitch or is Nicol Bolas? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who is the real bitch? So the only the only planeswalker we see die in the trailer is is Dak. Gideon is alive and well, and I'm assuming going to rush the Citadel. But again, this is all speculation and not at all canon according to Wizards. Now that doesn't mean Dak won't die, you know, whatever. But it's interesting. It was an awesome trailer. I really liked the touch they gave the Lincoln Park song in the end to go with the trailer. I thought it was very haunting and well, fitting. And they didn't do that actually. That was that was out beforehand and then they just used it. Well, I meant more like that they chose that song. Oh, absolutely. I thought it yeah. was I thought it was very fitting. Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't arranged not specifically only, for that. But. Not only was it emotional because of the, you know, recent loss of uh, Chester Bennington, but also a lot of magic players have been around for, you know, ten or twenty or almost thirty years now with magic. And most of us, at least in my generation, we grew up listening to Lincoln Park, being angsty teens at recess, <laughs> playing. Hey, man, hybrid theory playing was... magic. Yeah, <laughs> it was a manifesto, man. <laughs> so not only did they 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 pluck that nostalgia string real hard, but it was you know super appropriate for the video thematically as well. Right, and just the story in general. Um, you know, we are finally here at the end, and <laughs> and it probably doesn't matter <laughs> because everyone it's just can, a game. Everyone can be retconned back or. Or whatever, <laughs> you know, their spark or soul or whatever went somewhere else and it's lying dormant in Phyrexia and now, you know, whatever. Um, Yogmith's back and he's pissed. <laughs> exactly. Boy, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be neat. So in addition to the trailer, we were also spoiled, uh, I think, 15 or 16 cards at PAX East. And obviously at this point, uh, I would say, what, half the set's probably been spoiled? Uh, I think over half over at half this now? point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just keep pouring out every day. It's it's really cool. So I guess one of the things that I want to talk about, you know, without getting into specific cards, there are some card-specific things I'd like to talk about. So, you know, everybody was talking about, oh, my God, they're going to print Planeswalkers at rarities other than Mythic. And, you know, it was like, well, okay, obviously the design's going to be different. You 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 and Tej both called it, you know, they're going to have to design them with static abilities, and every Planeswalker has one. Well, so, Tej, that was insider information because Tej had read something, I think. I don't know if it was uh, on Blogatog or what. Uh, but what we predicted accurately was the single ability Planeswalkers. Ah, uh, yes. And that was that leads in perfectly to my question is how, how do you how do you rate or what do you think about the way they built these uncommon, uncommon Planeswalkers in this set? 
I I really like them. I don't understand. There was a lot of criticism that I heard uh, online through some of the Facebook groups I'm in where people were complaining that, okay, these new planeswalkers are just enchantments, basically. That's all, like, the way they function and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, planeswalkers have always been like enchantments because they're not creatures and they're they have abilities and they interact and they still are just as interactive. They they have the if, if anything, they're more powerful with less abilities because of the static effects and the ability to draw um, attacks by having loyalty counters and by the choice of when you use their abilities or not. Like Kiora's thing of, okay, she has seven loyalty counters for three, and whenever you play a big creature, power four or greater, you draw a card. Never using her ability, she's still fantastic as as a three drop. And then up to seven times without external influence, uh, she can untap a permanent. So she can help ramp you into that big thing as, you know, as often as possible and draw more cards. I think... As an uncommon, she's uh, okay. I'm not. I'm not supposed to go into card specifics, but stuff like that, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think they. I think they built them really well. Uh, I think it's interesting, you know. Without again, you know, we don't want to go into too many specifics at this point because we'll, we'll save be that, here all night, right? And we'll save that <laughs> for later when we'll each pick a handful of cards or whatever. But I do think it's interesting. Some of the planeswalkers that were chosen to be printed at uncommon. Like uh, Nahiri, for example, right? So we're finally going to see the the finale of the Soren and Nahiri story, which <laughs> if you haven't read the flavor text on their cards yet, get on that because oh my it's God, awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm really convinced that those two are just going to be off doing their own thing the entire time because <laughs> they they just, each one wants the other dead so badly. Yep. But yeah, so like Nahiri's at, you know, uncommon. And then... You know, it's interesting, too, that a character like Tezzeret isn't even considered part of the main set. So Tezzeret, who obviously is an agent of Bolas here, you know, he's he's a buy box promo. So his part in the story, you know, will be interesting. Will that affect anything at all? You know, I, I'm not too sure. But to, to go back to, to the question I asked you, I guess, uh, much like you, I think the Uncommon Planeswalkers are designed really well. I think, like, uh, Tybalt, he doesn't suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, he's going to help I'm, you a lot. I'm against... liking him. I'm liking him more and more. And when I first read him, I'm thinking, okay, decent sideboard in mono red. And now I'm I'm brewing up some stuff that he might be mainboard in. I might mainboard a Tybalt for the first time since ever. <laughs> well, and especially with, you know, like, the, the white life gain that's out there right now. If you can get something on the board that you can protect... And prevent your opponent from gaining life, which is part of the synergy that makes some of these white decks go. Well, you know, especially with the Johnny's Pride Mate being exactly being around for even longer, life gain is still going to be a viable option in in the meta. So right, and you can shut it down. Just shut it off. Yeah, right. So and and again to to speak to their build, much like you and Teach said, they they've only got one one ability that's not static, you know, one activated ability. However, they're, the Uncommon Planeswalkers have zero plus abilities. They can only minus. So you can use it twice, and then it's going to die, which will design, be... Design-wise and flavor-wise, I like it. In a set that everyone's speculating ahead of time who's going to die, having the option of Planeswalkers that literally, if they help you, they will die, I think is a huge nod to the storyline and i love that over the last few years years wizards has gotten more and more story driven which is why they've changed from the normal block structure to the weird eh, we're making it up as we go along now standard rotation but i think it makes it for a better game flavor wise because magic has been around so long that you know gameplay I don't want to say is predictable, but like mechanically, they're going to run out of options. So embracing the flavor more than anything, I think, is really going to help the game survive. Well, and I think that's part of the surge in popularity that you've seen Magic go through, whether it's because of the surge of content creation through platforms like YouTube or even, hey, podcasts. You know, it's it's far more accessible (laughs) to people now. Exactly. It's far more accessible to people now than it was before. And that's on purpose. Wizards has done a really great job of marketing this game and making it even more popular with people who never would have, you know, it never would have resonated with before. It's no longer the the game you play in the basement at your hobby shop. You know, you, you play it anywhere and everywhere. And it's it's just more popular now than it ever was. And I think this is a really great way to keep that interest going and really, you know, stick it 
you know, stick something memorable to, to new players. And, you know, maybe that excites other people in the long run. And I think it's good for the game. And I, I'm really excited for it. I guess one other thing I, I was thinking of as we're talking about what what is spoiled, what is yet to be spoiled, and, you know, what we want from the set. Do you think that there's going to be a spell? Will the Elder spell be a spell? Oh, God. I... And See, if I, so, how do they do it without <laughs> completely fucking breaking the game? No, I think I think the Elder spell is just Bolas Bolas's Planeswalker card, the Dragon God himself. I think you're right. I think that's what the the only incarnation we're going to get because he has the Planeswalker ability or the loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield. And winning or losing the game is dependent on whether or not you've kept your Planeswalkers alive or if Bolas has eaten them. Yep, exactly. And he can he can spot remove Planeswalkers too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it's got a, that particular, you know, in, in the story, yeah. you know, he's using uh, the Elder spell in order to harvest sparks from Planeswalkers. So yeah. I think you're right. That... I think it's built into the mechanics of the card because if you build that as a card... It's got to be something that at the end says, you know, after you're not, you know, after this turn, you lose the game or something because, yeah, you know, if there's a card that allows you to take all planeswalkers at the table and use them or whatever, you know, I mean, or even a massive planeswalker board wipe, whatever, I, you know, I just, I don't know how they could do it. I, I like your idea. I agree with it. I, I think that the elder spell, if anything, is already built into his planeswalker card. Yeah. That being said, I could see them putting out something called uh, Elder Spell, but the only reason why I would say that is because they did it in Hour of Devastation. We got all the Hour cards. Ah, true. Yeah, true. but they weren't they weren't as cataclysmic and game impacting. And I think I think they really just wanted to be you know Bolas is the is the wielder of it, so his his loyalty abilities reflect his you know deck of deck of spells so that's why he does what he does because he has the elder spell we might get an artifact or something that relates to it like how did he get the elder spell where did he you know come across it um so maybe there's going to be some like sweet tutors or other like uh planeswalker bounce back spells based on that but yeah i think i think we got what we what we're gonna get with him well one thing that i you know speaking of you know you, you brought up hour of devastation and the amoncat block one thing that I'm really excited for to come back is the Eternalized Gods. Um, oh, yes. You know, they haven't been spoiled yet, but the War of the Spark movie poster that you've got framed up oh, in your store. Oh, so gorgeous. Based on the, the cast on the poster, uh, they're coming back. So I'm super excited to see what these Eternalized forms of the Amonkhet Gods look like. Yeah. And, and well, how they play. And I have a random thought maybe the four eternalized gods will be a single card representing oh, sure. all of them just because the way they're doing like the amass mechanic with uh all the entire eternal army is a single token that just sort of builds on itself maybe the gods will be something along those lines as well sure yeah i agree i think that's a i you know that could definitely be a possibility and and I guess you know now that you you mentioned it again I think we mentioned it earlier me by accident you know the new mechanic amass I'm really excited for it I think it's going to be pretty cool and pretty fun to kind of screw around with and see how how much you can manipulate that mechanic yeah. in a game so I think that's going to be a really fun addition to standard and I, I guess that kind of leads into another question I had here that I wanted to ask you was so is there anything in particular that you're hoping for from this set? You know, based on what we've seen spoiled so far and what we know is coming, what 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 are you hoping for from War of the Spark? <sighs> um, as far as impact on the on meta or individual cards that uh, I, I'm going to leave this one open. I, I mean, anything okay. at all from the impact on, you know, standard <laughs> or even, I mean, there are cards that are going to impact EDH right out of the gate, you know? Oh yeah. I think this is going to be one of the most impactful EDH sets in a long time, just for the sheer, the sheer power level or perceived power level of it. I think, I think a lot of these spells and a lot of these creatures and a lot of these planeswalkers seem more powerful than they're actually going to be which is good like having having hype having excitement is not bad it helps 
push the product and make the game fun and, you know, profitable so that we get more of it. But I don't think everything's going to completely be busted. I do want things to be different. And I want that chaos of the first month or two of a new set being legal and people daring to try new combinations of things versus just, okay, well, we know Esper Control works and Esper Control wins. So what in those colors can we sneak into the new deck and replace existing cards, if anything? And if not, we just keep the deck as is and keep running it. I want people to try new stuff. That's that's why we got on that tangent about uh, lack of creativity with deck construction earlier. I want this set to get people excited enough to be willing to try new things. I agree. And actually, as I was writing out questions that I had that I wanted to ask you about and thinking about how I would answer those questions, that's literally the first phrase or the first sentence I have here after that question um, in my notes is, I want a reset of the standard meta. So I'm yeah. hoping, like you said, I want I don't, that chaos. I honestly I want, I just want think things it's that to change bad. a little bit, you know? Yeah. I honestly don't think it's that bad because we have like four main deck types and they all can do well. Like obviously one will end up doing a little bit better than the others, but just we, we have a moderately diverse, I think we can get much more active with the uh, combinations and stuff. Oh, right. Individually... Sorry. Indiv- individually, what I would like from this set, with some of the few remaining slots of things to be spoiled, I want a new. I want another badass like Sphinx rare or mythic. Like, I know we well, there's there's one Sphinx in here. There's one card with some flavor text and art that relates to the Sphinxes. But I have always I've always loved the Sphinx creature type, both in and out of Magic. And I love what it represents, and I just want something cool to put in my Sharuam tribal Sphinx deck. Well, and the Maybe spoiled Sphinx is an uncommon, color. right? Yep, we have an uncommon Sphinx, and we have uh, in the rare the roll, spell. Re- <laughs> roll, roll reversal, reversal. Yeah. with a Sphinx and a Goblin, which is just goddamn hilarious. That card like, art is fantastic. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like, uh, you know, I know What's-His-Nuts was, is trapped on Ixalan because Jace is a d-bag and locked him away um as or the lawbringer oh yeah and uh i believe Isperia was killed by vraska so i've never liked vraska because <laughs> that's that's the card art of uh assassin's trophy yep dead dead sphinx head so yep <laughs> not too thrilled about that one but <laughs> organized <laughs> sphinx head <laughs> yeah and you know but i guess this is this is the set to do it to have some big like no you're not messing up you're not messing up Ravnica with, you know, Mama Sphinx on the field. So, <laughs> Yep, exactly. And, you know, I guess in the same vein, as far as what I'm looking for, I'm super happy because it's already been spoiled. Everybody knows my, my guy Soren Markov is back. So yeah. <laughs> finally have a new Soren card. I'm really happy about that. Um, I don't think that we're going to get the Garouk that people were holding out for, unfortunately. Not it to say he won't unlike- be there in, a f- in the future, but, it, like, yeah, exactly. It seems It seems unlikely. very unlikely yeah. at this point, but... Uh, I think I think whispers around the water cooler are the next uh, world we see in Magic is a Viking themed world. Uh, I did hear that rumor too, and I could absolutely see him showing up in a Viking themed world, just drunk and getting along with everybody. Oh, absolutely, and he's you know he's the berserker, the Bersak, and so I'm yeah I'm I'm happy for that. I guess before we wrap it up here. Just one more question. Do you, as far as the storyline goes for, for War of the Spark, so away from, oh, I guess actually there's one more thing I want to manage before I get to this, or mention before I get to this <laughs> question. Proliferate is back, and I couldn't be happier about it because yes. with all of these planeswalkers and other ways to get, you know, plus one, plus one counters on creatures and things like that that have been spoiled so far in the set, Proliferate is back. There's a bunch of different ways to get it. There's even one card that's got a landfall trigger for it. There are other spells that directly say, oh, Proliferate. It's I say, the land that lets you do it for four, uh, the, the Karn land. The Karn land, yeah, the rare yeah. Karn land. That I thing's going to be awesome. I want to foil one of that for my uh, Karn EDH. Yeah, and it's only gonna help. It's only gonna help super friends. And again, you know, like we had said before, this is gonna impact EDH immediately. Well, all those attracts of super friends decks. Guess what? You've got more proliferate coming your way. You know, help help is on the way. Well, um, and honestly, it makes me. I immediately think of uh, the Incredibles and the whole if everyone's special, then no one is. 
maybe they're balancing out the set the set by making everything just ridiculously synergistic that it's okay no one is going to be overpowered because we're all kind of ridiculously balanced yeah absolutely and it's interesting you should say that because there was uh uh what's her name melissa del Toro, one of the uh, she's a magic pro and is a designer of the game and she actually had an article published today with one of the new cards that was spoiled. I forget the name of it. It's a it's a white legendary creature. Uh, and that was actually what she was talking about was how R&D approached this, uh, you know, many years ago when they were designing War of the Spark. Like, how the hell are we going to make 36 Planeswalkers work? <laughs> and can we? So it's a nice. very interesting. It's a very interesting article. I'll find a link for it and put that in the show. Yeah, notes let me too. let me let me read that. Yeah, the... I'll, uh, I'll send it to you you know, on your phone when we're off here and then I'll put it, it in the show notes for everyone else. It it's a does good make me feel better when I stumble onto things that uh, actual game designers are saying because as a, as a game as designer a, yourself, <laughs> as a very amateur game designer, it makes me feel like I'm on the right track with my own thought processes. Absolutely. Okay, so now the question I wanted to get to uh, real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, yep. Strictly story-wise, uh, do you have any story hopes or predictions as far as how this whole clusterfuck that's going on on Ravnica is going to end. Uh, okay. Um I'm I'm still in Camp Bolas, <laughs> I would say. I I want him I want him to win. And I want him to win in a way that he kills off a lot of main characters. We find out that storyline-wise more than just the planeswalkers we see represented in cards were also drawn to Ravnica and then subsequently consumed. And I want Bolas to become the god that he desires to be with an outcome that he did not foresee. Which, it rhymes, so it has to be true. <laughs> um, but I want him to basically, you know, like end of Infinity War, where he, you know, he wins, the heroes are devastated, and being a, you know, as true to God as he can be in this world, that he gains an understanding of the universe and the multiverse, and he doesn't care about, you know, mere mortal planeswalkers or the affairs of lesser beings that he just sort of like, hey, I'm going to go find out what's up with the uh, the Eldrazi, and like, we're going to be bros now, and we're just going to meander the multiverse and the blind eternities and not give a crap about the lesser beings anymore. I want them to remove Bolas. Like, they said they're removing him as, like, the main villain, which is good. It let us, you know go off and do new things. I don't want them to just kill him outright, though, because I don't see it happening. Bolas is, you know, tens of thousands of years old. He is a powerful wizgician with all the abilities. He has the Elder Spell or whatever uh, whatever it's called. I don't see him losing without some really cheesy deus ex, and I think we deserve more than that. I think we are, we're adults, and we can see our heroes lose and not be you know, devastated by it. And I think it'll be a good option to reset a lot of the game storyline wise. If he does end up killing off a lot of these planeswalkers and the survivors are either so devastated that they're like, okay, well we need to just go back and recoup for a few generations and we find ourselves on a new plane and they might feel the effects of the war of the spark. And maybe that's how it ties to this one. But it's a big multiverse out there, and I think I think we'll get. I'll I'll call it a post mending, post mending Bolas, and he he wins. He moves on with his life and doesn't care about us anymore. Yeah, no, I I like that too. I I also I'm on Team Bolas. I don't want to see him killed. I want to see him win. And I guess I, what I think about is you know I want there to be some awesome cataclysmic event, something on par with like the Golgoth and Silex being detonated when <laughs> yeah. Urza ushered in the Ice Age. So you know where there's just this massive massive fallout now not not yeah. just to not just to characters but also to the worlds you know obviously they're on ravnica right now but i want there to be a ripple effect i want something super super major to happen and yeah. maybe this is like my dc comics like you know, love kind of in my head. But Do you like, want the I new want... 52 planeswalkers? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, w I want a lot of current planeswalkers to die. But Crisis I, I... on infinite Ravnikas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, and these ripples that occur from whatever this event is, you know, it, it, 
it wakens sparks in new characters on yeah. on Ravnica on different planes, you know, in different areas. And now we're introduced to a whole new team of of new planeswalkers. You know, it was great yeah. in what was it twenty? Oh God, no, no, no. It was it was even before the core set. Was it Lorwyn? Was that when we first had planeswalkers? Uh, yes, right? Lorwyn was where we met Ajani uh, and friends yep. with the uh, first batch of planeswalkers at Rarity because Mythic wasn't a thing yet. Exactly. So. I, back I want in my to... <laughs> day, we didn't even have mythics or foils. Well, we back liked in it. my day, we didn't even have planeswalkers <laughs> or puberty. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that see, that's how far back I had to go. That's how yeah, long it's been. That's <laughs> chronologically accurate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I want to see a whole new era ushered in, basically. So whether you want to call it the new fifty-two or whatever, but I don't want it to be the new fifty-two of of existing characters. I want I want new. And different yeah. planeswalkers, and, and I want it to be because of these these massive repercussions that are happening from this event. Yeah, I I would also like to see on on that similar note with the you know with the fallout of this and and new planeswalkers, and like the the reason why I said post mending is maybe with uh, Bolas using whatever like the elder spell to absorb planeswalker energy and become like he was in the before time. Maybe this concentration of spark energy increases the power level of the new planeswalkers, and we won't see as many in game anymore because they'll be more powerful versions. So we'll get we'll get them fewer and far between, but they'll be stronger individually after this. And I think setting them setting a few planeswalkers at common and rare just to show that they can be weaker because there's so many of them in the same spot. Maybe it is some universal like battery, and with so many people tapping into it, that's what made it weaker, and that's what you know caused Bolas to just go. Well, no, most of this battery is mine now. Huh. I like that. That's cool. That was a good. That was a good War of the Spark discussion without getting into too many specifics. I like it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add in closing? Um, no, that's about it. Any other I got, thoughts? That's your tap. That's what you got. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yep, I want, I want Bolas snapping. Yep, I, I don't, I agree. I don't feel so good, Mister Jace. <laughs> I just want that one snap of the fingers. God, I want Jace. I want Jace dead. I want, I want, I want new. Honestly, I want Bolas to just snuff him out. Yeah, I'm I want to ferry. I, I've loved to ferry since he was a bratty kid at the at the Tolarian Academy. That sassy little boy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, he was the dude who was on fire. For a couple of weeks because of the time explosion. <laughs> exactly. I'm ready. I'm ready for there to be a new blue mage in and charge. And now he is just so damn annoying and standard that I want him dead just because of the games he's caused me to play. <laughs> and the time uh, you've had to waste in those games. Yeah, where my opponent just keeps saying good game, but he doesn't have a win con, so he just keeps playing. <laughs> that is his win con. Gets you to rage quit. Good game. Good uh, game. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not magic. Not fun magic. Yeah. But yeah, but, that's, uh, that's my complaining for the week. Yeah, no, hey, I, I agree. Thank you for jumping on and re-recording with me. Sorry again about last night. Thank you for hopefully hopefully recording my half the conversation. <laughs> yeah, hopefully time. it actually worked. Uh, I will let you know as soon as we end this recording. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, please make sure you tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podbean, basically anywhere that you consume podcasts. Find Stalk us. us in the most convenient way for you (laughs) whatever works best for you but when you do please make sure you rate review and subscribe because it helps new people find us and it it just obviously it helps the show and make sure you check us out on our social channels go on instagram or facebook you can find us homebrew magic and you know what like i said thanks again for listening and as we've been saying to you for the last month now uh don't drink and scry it's dangerous don't do it